Good morning. I'm glad to be here today, and I'm glad you're here today. I'm glad the world still exists today and didn't come to an end yesterday, like uh, there was a lot of hubbub that it was going to happen that way. But it seems like uh, all those prognosticators never kind of get it right. Evidently, so far, they hadn't got it right. Isn't that true? We're going to talk a little bit today about the scars of sin, and I want to introduce it with a passage of Scripture The Bible says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever man sows, that shall he also reap. Don't be mocked, you're going to reap what you sow. He goes ahead and says this, For he that sows to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that sows to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Now, this is a, a common passage that a lot of us are familiar with. And basically what he says here is you're going to get what you give. If you put a lot into spiritual matters, you're going to have spiritual strength and you're going to grow spiritually. If you put a lot into this world, you may have a bunch of stuff that you get out of this world, but that's all you're going to get. You know, I teach in a high school, a Christian high school, and I have a lot of kids that their parents are pastors and involved in their churches. And it's really common for them to believe that really sin doesn't matter that much because Jesus loves us. Jesus came to die for us. Jesus came to forgive us. And so if you commit sin, I mean, yeah, you shouldn't do that. Christians shouldn't sin, but really it's not that big a deal. If you commit sin, you just ask forgiveness and you're forgiven. And you know, seems like people tend to fall on one extreme or the other about that. You know, you talk to some people and they just think anything you do, God's going to send you to hell for it. You talk to other people and they think, really, Jesus came and died so we can all be sinful and just enjoy life. And the truth is, neither one of those is right. Now, the truth is, we have a God who is more forgiving than any of us could ever dream or imagine. The forgiveness of God. That's really true. But that doesn't excuse sin. And the truth is, even though God forgives you and I of sin, there are consequences for the actions that we take. And sometimes those consequences are things that can't be undone. And that's one of the things, that's what I want to talk with you about a little bit this morning, is some of the things that are a result of sin in our lives, that really there's nothing can be undone about it. It's just something that you, especially if you're young and you haven't gone out into the world and done things that you really, really, really regret about life, which most of us have done as we get older, you need to know this. You need to be aware of this. One time when uh, when the kids were young, Carrie and the kids came home from somewhere and as would often happen, as soon as we got to the house, you know, the kids would get out and start playing and Carrie would come in. And Jacob always loved to play outside. He was running around barefoot all the time. And um, I heard him crying. I was in my office and I heard the car pull up and everybody got out and I heard people coming in and all. And then I heard Jacob crying. And if you're a parent, one of the things that you learn is there's there's that cry, you know, that. It's not just a, oh, I'm mad or I'm sad or I'm upset, but there's something wrong. You know that cry? And I could tell there was something wrong. 
And so I, I got up from my office chair and I walked out and I walked to the back door. And when I did, Jacob, and he was very, very small at the time. I don't remember how old he was, three or four years old. But he was walking up to our back porch and he had a big gash on his leg. And I mean, it was, a, it was a big gash, big cut. And what had happened is he had climbed up on top of the van and then he'd fallen off the van and as he fell off the van, his leg caught on the windshield wiper and it just ripped his leg open. And I, w- I will never forget standing there as I walked out and seeing him and it was just gaping open and bleeding and, and it was just a terrible thing. And in fact, uh, there's a picture of when he had it stitched up. Had 27 stitches. Today, I don't worry about Jacob climbing on cars. <laughs> and Jacob's not in trouble for that anymore. He used to get in trouble for climbing on cars a lot until this happened. But you know what? To this very day, it looks like he had a knee replacement. He's got a big old scar. Big old scar on the top of his leg. And there's nothing can be done. I mean, they could do surgery and try to remove the scar. But there's always going to be a scar there. Nothing's ever going to change that. Nothing's ever going to fix that. There's always going to be a scar. And even though that was just a momentary bad decision on the part of a little child, there's still a lifelong scar. Sin is the same way. I've, I told my kids growing up, and I really believe this is true, it doesn't take but 15 minutes to ruin the rest of your life here on earth. You can make decisions and you can make choices that just that fast. And you don't have to intend the bad consequences. You don't have to intend the results. It's just what happens. And I want to share with you some of the things the Scriptures warn you and I about. About sin. And these are things that the truth is I'd heard all of my life. And it didn't stop me from doing some of the things I've done. But I want to try to remind you and make you aware that the choices you make really, really do matter. Number one, the Bible says that sin is progressive. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Do you notice the progression there? He begins walking with the ungodly. Next thing you know, he's standing with the sinners and ultimately he's sitting with the scornful. Now, this guy didn't intend to sit with the scornful. He didn't start out and run, find the scornful and go sit with them. That's not what happened. It was a progressive thing. Sin is progressive. Sin does not stand still in your life. You can't mess with it just a little bit and think, well, you know, for the rest of my life I can have this little sin. Because it won't stay a little sin. It progresses. It gets bigger. It grows and it spreads. And it's like, it's like in a war. If you give the enemy a beachhead in your territory, they're not just going to stay on the beach. They don't do that. And sin in your life is the very same way. If you take a part of your life and say, you know what? I know this is wrong. I know it's not right. But I'm not going to do anything about it. I'm just going to, this will be my my weakness. 
It won't stay just your weakness. I've counseled with a lot of people who have serious problems in their lives. Lots of people. And they never started out with these big problems. It always started out with little stuff. It started out with small things. And sin, when it progresses and when it grows, it doesn't just get worse in and of itself, but it spreads to other areas in your life. Counseled with a fellow one time who had a problem with pornography. He started out just looking at stuff that he shouldn't look at because he wasn't married. And he said, you know, when I get married, that'll change. When I get married, I'll have a normal, natural, godly relationship and a way to satisfy those desires. And But the truth is, when he got married, it didn't change because he developed an unnatural fantasy desire. But now he had to try to hide it from his wife. And so he started sneaking money that he could use to buy things that she wouldn't know about. And then he started realizing that he could steal pornography and not have to pay for it and not have to sneak money. And all of this came from one little thing. He ended up getting caught and losing his job over the deal. But it all happened. He never intended to go be a thief. That never crossed his mind. He never said, you know, I think I'm going to be a thief. No. But sin progresses. Because our mind, once we let sin in our mind, it starts to expand and it starts to look for new territory. And we start to try to hide and defend those those borders of that sin in our lives. You need to know... That you can't just play with sin a little bit. Scripture says, can a man take fire into his bosom and not be burned? You can't. You can't grab a big old burning log and hold it and not get burned. And sin is the same way in your life. You know, sin hardens your heart. The Bible says, but exhort one another daily while it's called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. You need to know that when you allow yourself to commit sin, it makes your heart just a little bit harder every time you commit the sin. And it bothers you just a little bit less and a little bit less. That's just true. That's the way it is. You doubt me, you talk to some of the older people here, they'll tell you. And someday, if you allow sin to continue to grow in your life, you'll do things without even thinking about it that would have horrified you when you first started down that road. Things you would have never dreamed or believed that you would have done. That now don't seem like a big deal at all. In fact, the Bible talks about people like this. talks about a wicked king named Manasseh. And it says that he had gotten so wicked that to him it seemed a light thing to walk in the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat. Jeroboam was a wicked guy. And Manasseh had gotten so wicked that when he did the stuff Jeroboam did, it wasn't a big deal to him. Why? Because sin hardens your heart. Just like in this picture, you've got a, a pot in a, in a kiln and it's being hardened. A clay pot, you put it in something that's really hot and it makes it really hard. Sin does that to your heart. It will take your heart that is sensitive and tender And it will harden it so you'll say and do and think things that would have been unimaginable in the past. The Bible says 
talks about some people that have their consciences seared with a hot iron. Do you ever see a TV newscast where they talk about some horrible thing that someone's done? And you think, how on earth could anyone do that? How could any... I, I read an article just this week about Harvard University had offered a honorary degree to a woman who just got out of prison after 20 years in prison. You know what she'd done? She beat her four-year-old child almost to death and then left him locked in an apartment until he died. Can you imagine the horror that it would take to do something like that? And yet, it had just become okay. Not that there weren't consequences to pay in this world. The little boy died. She went to prison. But our world is not horrified by that anymore. We as a society have become hardened to sin. But, but individually, if you allow sin in your life, it'll harden you and you'll do stuff you didn't think you would ever do. Another thing about sin is that it multiplies. Then he goes and takes with himself with himself seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter in and dwell there. And the last state of the man is worse than the first. Jesus told a story. He said a guy's got an evil spirit. He runs it out of his life, but he doesn't fill his life with righteousness and godliness. And when he leaves it alone, guess what? That comes back, and it comes back worse than it ever was. You've seen that in people, haven't you? You've seen people that had a problem. Maybe it was you. And you had a problem, and you said, I'm going to get rid of this. I'm going to get it out of my life. And they did for a little while, and then a little while later, they're worse than they ever were. Why? Because sin multiplies. Sin doesn't stay by itself. Just like that story I told you about that fellow. He ended up stealing not only pornography, but he learned once he could steal that, he learned, hey, I can steal all kinds of stuff. So you see, sin doesn't stay by itself. It multiplies. It grows. It hardens your heart and it multiplies. Where there is envying and strife, there is confusion and every evil work. You want problems in life? Start envying people. Where there's envy and strife, you're not just going to have envy and strife, but you're going to have envy and strife and every evil work. People will do anything out of envy and strife. Another thing about sin is that it harms other people. This, if you're one who can think back to your life and have regret over sin, this is the one that gets you a lot of times, isn't it? You don't sin in a vacuum. I mean, you don't sin without your sin affecting other people. The Bible talks about kicking someone out of a church who has openly embraced sin. He says, you get him out of the church. Kick him out. Excommunicate him. He said, don't even eat with the guy. You know, I'll, I'll eat a meal with almost anyone, wouldn't you? I mean, really? You've eaten with a lot of sorry people, haven't you? He says, this guy, don't you even eat with him. Why? Because a little leaven leavens the whole lump. Sin, if you allow sin in a church in a family or in your life, it will leaven those around you. 
it will affect the... Have you seen the commercial where the kid gets caught and dad catches the kid smoking or he's got some drugs or something under the bed and dad's just yelling at the kid and, where did you learn this? And the kid says, from you. Remember that? You've seen that commercial? Or things like that? Our kids get our sins. And whatever you indulge, whatever you allow yourself to you give yourself over to, it's going to affect other people. I can introduce you to people, so many, and, and you, m- many of you know this, but young people, you need to know, you can't sin by yourself. The old lie, it's two consenting adults and doesn't affect anyone else, that's just a lie. It affects a lot of other people, the things that you do. And the good part of that is if you do good and righteousness, man, you can affect a lot of people. You can impact a lot of lives and you can help people go to heaven. But when you sin and you let sin have a foothold in your life, you let sin get hold of you, it's going to affect negatively other people in ways that you can't, you can't fix. Things that you can't undo. It destroys your influence. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. You know, doing good and righteousness builds your influence with people. People like and count on and have confidence in people who are righteous, who are godly, who do good works. People like and respect and have confidence in those people. But someone who doesn't, you destroy your influence. I'm sure you can think of people that you know that you got no confidence in. Right? Why? Because of the choices they've made. And they make these choices and their influence is just gone because of the choices they've made. Listen, there are people that know me that I have no influence on because of choices I made in my relationship or being around those people. Things that I did that I can't undo. That you can't change. Now, I'm not saying you can't begin to work righteousness and through the years maybe build some of that influence back. But the reality is, do you remember The Wizard of Oz? Remember the movie The Wizard of Oz? Uh, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, I'm fixing to tell you how it ends. But at the end of it, it's been out 60 years. You ought to know by now. Okay. But at the end of it, they get in there with the wizard and this big wizard and he's impressive and all. And then the dog pulls back this curtain and there's this little man back there running the knobs and buttons. And once you see the little man... You can't unsee that. The magic is gone. And once you allow sin to negatively impact other people around you because of your sin, the magic's gone. The influence that you could have had on them, it's gone. And many times there's nothing can be done to regain that influence. Sometimes it's people you love dearly that you lose that influence with. You need to know that that's a consequence of sin. You also need to know that it steals opportunities. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. You know, though, Jesus told a parable about talents. And he said one guy got, you know, a few talents and another guy got a few more and another guy got a, a bunch of talents. And in that story... The parable that he tells, the talents don't represent 
skill or ability. It says he gave them talents according to their ability. The talents in that parable represent opportunity. And you see, when you squander opportunity by ungodliness, by sin, when you commit sin and you hurt other people and it destroys your influence with those people, the opportunities that you will have because of your relationship with those people are gone. They just evaporate. They're not around. You never, ever have that opportunity. You don't know what that opportunity would have been. You'll never see it because of a choice to commit sin when someone won't trust you now and when someone you don't cross someone's mind as one who could fulfill a responsibility or meet a need. You need to know that there are consequences to sinful choices. It's not just a thing that you do. You know, in fact, sometimes the consequences that you have for sin are irreparable. They can't be undone, like Jacob's scar. They can't be undone. King David committed sin, didn't he? Now, did he continue to lead God's people? Yeah, he did. Was he still a man after God's own heart once it was over? Yeah, he was. Did he write the Psalms and a lot of the Psalms? Yeah, he did. Did he have great impact through the history of the world for good? Yes. But his baby died. And he couldn't undo that. He didn't eat for a week. He laid and he cried. And he wore sackcloth and ashes. And he begged God for a week. And his baby died. And he couldn't change it. Judas lost his life. Do you think Judas planned for them to kill Jesus? I don't. I don't believe he thought for one minute they could take Jesus. He'd seen them try to arrest Jesus over and over. And Jesus would just walk out of their midst. Or Jesus would say, oh yeah, well what about this? And they'd all go, oh. You know, he didn't think they could arrest Jesus. And I know that because when he saw that Jesus was arrested and condemned, he took the money back. He didn't think they could take Jesus. He didn't want Jesus to be killed. He regretted it terribly. Terrible regret for his sin. He took the money back and said, let him go. And he couldn't undo the damage. And they wouldn't let him go. And you know what Judas, this greedy man did? Is he threw the money that he'd committed this great sin to get. He threw it at the feet of the people that he got it from. And went out and committed suicide. He lost his life because of sin. You know, sometimes the damage just can't be undone for the things that we do. That's why I told my kids it doesn't take but 15 minutes to ruin the rest of your life. You get out here just having fun and partying with the guys and you get drunk. You get high and you get behind the wheel of a car and you kill somebody's child. You can't undo that. And you can sit and you can cry and you can go, I never meant to. It doesn't matter. They're dead. And you can't bring them back. Sin has real, genuine, lifelong consequences sometimes. You destroy your marriage. 
It just may be over. And your kids will suffer. And your ex-spouse will suffer. And you will suffer. Because of the choices you made. It's important for you to understand. It's important for you to remember. It's important for you to think about. That sin isn't just something. Oh well if we do it God will forgive us. You see sometimes sin leaves lifelong regret. And I have no doubt that David never forgot that child that died because of his sin. I have no doubt David never forgot Uriah, the one he had killed because of his sin. David said, Have mercy upon me, O God, for I acknowledge my transgression and my sin is ever before me. Do you know how that feels? I don't know how that feels to have your sin ever before you. Young people, if you don't know how that feels yet, you need to be aware. You need to remember. You don't want that. You don't want a lifetime full of regret. You don't want a lifetime full of sorrow that can't be undone. You see, sin has consequences in our lives. Sin is progressive. It will not stand still in your life. It will multiply, it will harden your heart, and it will hurt other people. People, most likely the people that you love. You see, sin will affect you in so many ways. It will destroy your influence. It will take away your opportunities. And it will leave you and those around you with unfixable damage and unreconcilable Regret. The Bible says in the book of Hosea, he makes this comment. He says, They sow the wind and they reap the whirlwind. You know, David said, The way of the transgressor is hard. And it is hard. It's a hard life to live, it's a hard way to go. And it's hard because of all these things. Yes, Jesus forgives. I want you to know you can be forgiven and you can be right with God and you can have your sin cleansed and you can spend eternity in heaven with Him. You can. But that doesn't cheapen sin. All that does is show us the great cost of sin. The great cost of sin is that it cost even Jesus the one who committed no sin, death on our behalf. That's why the Bible says He made Him who knew no sin to become sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. So the conclusion of this sermon is this. Don't sow the wind. You reap whirlwind. Don't, don't think that sin is a little thing. It's not a little thing. It's a big thing. Don't think that just because you don't see lifelong bad consequences from this choice, that there won't be lifelong bad consequences. There very well may be lifelong bad consequences. Now, I will say this as I conclude. You know, some, some injuries you get don't leave scars very much, very visible scars. And other ones, for some strange reason, leave terrible scars. It was mentioned... Uh, this morning in the prayer that we don't we don't understand everything that goes on here. We don't know why things happen the way they happen. That's true about a lot of life. And you may have committed some kind of sin and feel like you've gotten away with it, that there haven't been damaging consequences to others. If that's the case, 
praise God that He He protected other people from the damage of your sin and stop it. Stop it now. Stop it today so there's not any more long-term damage or consequences. Remember that the things you do affect other people. They don't just affect you. And remember that with that regret, although you can live with that for the rest of your life, you can be forgiven if you'll turn and completely throw yourself on the mercy of God. And you know what? The reality is that may be something you have to do every day, every week for a while, to just turn to God and say, this is killing me, God. It's just eating me up what I've done. And ask Him for His forgiveness again. You may just have to keep turning back to Him all of your life. But that's what you do. That's what we do is we keep turning back. We keep looking back to the Savior. We keep depending on Him. And even though there will be consequences, there will be eternal salvation in the end. Thank God for that and cling to that. If you need the prayers or the help of the church in any way, we do offer a song of invitation if you'll make that need known while we stand and sing.